0: the people that are on stage right now. So we've had a few different faces even from last service, but my wife is joining me today. And then on the other side of my wife, Angel, we have the, uh, (laughs) I'm so glad Buffy is joining us. Uh, So Buffy uh, runs a Christian counseling center, incredible impact. Uh, But the special thing about her story is they purchased the building we were in on in Ontario, the building that we renovated church, all of those things. They purchased that building, and it's been awesome just to see God continue to use Kingdom work uh, in that space. We're so glad that Buffy is on the panel today, and then we have Patsy Hirschner. Um, Patsy is uh, just celebrated her birthday yesterday. Angel and I called and sang happy birthday to her, and. Then we have her husband, Dave, on the other side. And when I asked Patsy, I said, would you and Dave sit on the panel? Patsy was like, are you sure? Uh, Angel was with me. We both laughed even when we hung up because Patsy was like, are you guys able to like beep stuff out if Dave th- can you like beep stuff out if Dave says stuff? And I'm like, no, this is rolling live. I've been excited. Honestly, I've been excited ever since I asked them. Uh, I don't even know what's gonna happen, but I am excited. Um, in the back, we have a couple, uh, Anthony and Amy Gaddis, uh, and Anthony has served our country. I know in both services, we've several people who served. Anthony has served our country, and I know I know we all feel this way. Would you just thank everyone who has served yeah. our country? Be praying for all those who serve, Amen. Uh, with everything going on, uh, we also have uh, back here uh, Nate and Stacy Thomas. So Stacy's on our worship team, and then Nate is on full-time staff. So a lot of the graphics, design, production, video, and live stream, all of those different things uh, Nate basically spearheads all of that. We have people like Gannon and others who help with that, but Nate spearheads a lot of that. And I'm so grateful for all of that, right? Uh, Nate is very gifted in those areas. And then I have the Nelsons, uh, that, uh, have joined me on stage as well. And so I just want to pray right now. And then we're going to go into just a little bit of, we're, we're dedicating, I think 15 or 16 babies after this service. Uh, thank God for all these little miracles. Um, But I want to share with with this team today uh, just the concept of God is always with us. And I know we've sang about it. We had our ministry moments. And I want you to hear their stories, uh, that God is with us. And so I want to pray today, if if you're on site or online, and maybe you're in a tough time or, or you're in a low place in life even right now, that you would just be reminded God is with me. And then if you can think about sometimes he was with you in the low places of life, that you'll never lose your thankfulness for it. So even if you're not there right now, but you'll be reminded and be like, God, I just thank you. I thank you. I'm not a statistic. I'm not a number. And so let's just pray that God will do something special and anointed in our time together. God, take these next 30 minutes. Anoint our words. Anoint what we share. Help us to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I pray you'll speak through us. And then I pray that people would hear. They would hear your word today. They would leave different. They would leave changed. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to read a scripture to you out of Philippians chapter number one. I started reading last night at home and and was just going to read for a little bit, and it spilled into a couple of hours. And I text the team last night. It was probably, I think, 10 or 11 o'clock, somewhere around there. I had a different scripture that I wanted to to read from today, and I was going to talk to you about a few different things and then interview some couples. But last night, I read these three verses, and I could not get away from them. So I texted the team, Nate and and the guys, and just said, hey, I want to switch. I I want to start here. I want to read these verses and it's Philippians 1. I want to read verse 1, 2, and 6. But Philippians 1 says, this letter is from Paul and Timothy, servants of, of Christ Jesus. I am writing to all of God's holy people. Someone say, that's me. That's Look at the person beside you and say, that's you. That's you. He said, I'm writing. This is, this is really important. I'm writing to all God's, writing to all God's people. You would think that, that would be enough, but he doesn't stop. He says, including the church leaders and the deacons. How many knows they need it, right? I'm kidding, it's a joke, it's a joke. But what I, what I want you to notice is, what I want you to notice is when the writer is writing this, he said, I'm, I'm writing this to everybody. If you would, we could almost be like, you know, I'm writing this to Maddie Shields, but I'm also writing it to Maddie's mom. I'm writing it to Pastor Matt, but I'm also writing it to his daughter, Hannah. Like, I'm, I'm writing this to the person, you know, I, I, we were just talking down here, uh, and Ray was telling me he's been coming for a couple of weeks, but I'm also writing it to a couple that started the church 19 years ago. He said, I'm writing to everybody, including the leaders and the deacons. Why is that important? I mean, it resonated with me so strong last night, but it was just from the simple perspective, Pastor Justin, that sometimes the enemy can lie to people and make people start thinking, I'm the only one struggling. I'm the only one going through this. I'm the only one that's facing, you know, I'm the only one with a son or daughter. I'm the only one on my job The enemy will start telling you, no one gets you. No one knows. No one. And the writer here is reminding the church in Philippi, I'm writing this to everybody. I want everybody to know, from the youngest to the oldest, I want you all to know. He says it in verse 6, and I hope your, your heart will hear it today. He said, I am certain that God, who began Go and say began. Who began the good work within you will will continue his work until until it's finally finished. Because we all could get in the middle and in the middle start having moments where we question Is God really going to finish what he started? You get in the middle, your mind can start messing with you. You know, I referenced the enemy. He will start trying to talk you out of believing in a God that finishes. The writer tells us in Hebrews that he's the author and he is the the finisher. So he writes this letter to the church in Philippi. He says to all the church people, to all the leaders, to all the deacons, verse 2, grace and peace be to you. I want you all to have God's grace. I want you all to have God's peace. And then he says, I need you to be certain. I need you to be certain. The opposite of that, I'm not trying to super simplify it. I'm just telling you the opposite of being certain is to be uncertain. And that's where the enemy wants you to live. He wants you to be uncertain. Uncertain of God's provision. Uncertain of God's presence. Uncertain that God's really with you. He doesn't want you to believe that today. doesn't want you to believe angels are encamping. He said, I want you to be certain of this. That he who began a good work, he who began this, this work in Crystal Harris, he who began this work in Andy Shields, he who began this work in Isaac Bosco." he's going to continue it. And he's like, just so you know, even leaders, even deacons, I want you to know he's going to finish it. How awesome would it be when you log off today? How awesome would it be when you go and get in your vehicle? If your spirit was really reminded today that what God started, he's going to finish. He's got What he started in your children, he's going to finish. And just to settle your spirit with that, what I want to talk about in the next few few minutes is when you hear those verses, when you hear those verses to everybody, grace and peace and be certain. Don't live iffy. Don't waver. Don't get caught up in, is God, is like, just be, he tells the church in Philippi, be certain that God is with you and God's going to finish it so i'm just going to jump all over in our time together and just talk to different people but i want to start i want to start with you tim if we can when you look at your life what what are the low times what are the low times that come to mind for you when you think about I'm so thankful for God's grace and peace that showed up for me in the low point of my life. What comes to mind with that?
1: Well, I think it's uh, in 1999 when I was going through a divorce. uh, Caught me unexpected, so I hit rock bottom. I got in my truck, took one of my guns, loaded it, drove around, contemplating on committing suicide, and when I'd go to do it and close my eyes, all as I could see is my two girls. And I thought, I can't do it, you know. How old
0: were they at the time?
1: Um, like 11 and six. Wow. So wow. I, I, I couldn't do it, you know. I thought, I can't, I don't want them growing up without a daddy. So part of me thinks that, okay, I was a chicken, you know, but I know it was God. That was keeping me from that because he had bigger and better things for
0: me. How, how old was you when uh, I was in my mid 40s when you were going through the divorce? Mhm So when you have those thoughts, Tim, because I didn't know this part of your story till today, yeah. It's the first time when you're talking about the I don't gun like to and talk tra- about it Pardon
1: <laughs> I don't like to talk about it yeah <laughs> That's...
0: And, and I'm serious when I say... I'm actually glad you brought it up. Number one, you're a man, and men are almost notorious for they just like retreat back in, internalize everything, don't ever wanna say anything. Right. Like, I'm good, how are you? I'm good, fist bump, I'm fine. I'm... So I'm, I'm actually glad that, that you're able to even say it. Okay. Um, last service, I had two different men come up to me in the lobby. The one guy went like this. He's like, look at my shirt, soaked. And he, he was like, I couldn't stop crying. The other man said the same thing about your story. He's like, he's me. He's like, he was telling my story. Um, so I thank you for having the courage to say it today because I know at least two guys that helped. Um, but when, when you have those moments of, like I can't, I, I, I just can't continue, what's going through your mind? Like why, why is Tim Nelson feeling in that moment there's no way out?
1: I'm just thinking the devil had a hold of me, and um, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, here I am, I house, cars, you know, and now i got to start all over, the fear, and then the devil's saying, you're done, you know, you're washed up,
2: mm.
1: you know, might as well just end it. But um, I can say God had other plans for me, He brought me this, this woman right yep. here and uh, she keeps me in line. God God knew that he had to send somebody strong, and not only strong, but an ordained minister to keep me in line.
0: So So that part of your story is the part I did know. When we talked to you the one day, and so you go from divorce into like biker bars, partying, alcohol, all of that, to share with StorySide that part of your story, so, so you are living okay. that kind of a life. I,
1: when I got a divorce, I bought me a Harley, started hanging out at biker bars, um, would get so drunk that I'd have to go back in the bar and have somebody start my motorcycle up so I could ride at home. And then, uh, you know, basically, right after work, until the bars closed, that's where I was at. I'd walk in the bar, they would actually have my drink poured for me because... I was what they call regular so i was at a biker bar one night and with some friends and i was getting ready to leave and friend says you can't leave this is why he says my wife's bringing somebody for you to meet and i said i don't want no woman no no, I, no. so he you know she she came in and i'm like I, yeah, this is nice, this is pretty nice. I think I'll, I'll just sit right here. So one thing led to another. We was started going out about the third time we went out, she called me one night and she says, I got something I gotta tell you. And I'm like, oh, here we go. You know, we all got skeletons in our closet. So I was waiting for her to unload on me. She says, I'm an ordained minister. And I'm like, you're a what? <laughs> you mean you're a pastor what are you doing in a biker bar she says actually that was the first time I've ever been in a bar and I'm like wow I says well you know we'll continue to go out because I really like you but just don't preach to me I don't want to hear it I don't want you know and here we are 19 years later we were married five beautiful kids 14 awesome grandkids well, and following the Lord and now I, when, I, when I'm older now I look back and I'm thinking God knew what he had in plans he you, had Jesus. plans for me he
0: knew thank what you, was going to happen thank yeah. you Jesus thank you Jesus so um, let's just hear it from your angle uh, so I heard this joke about a minister who walked into a bar <laughs> um, <laughs> I just kidding <laughs> i just kidding tell tell uh, tell the story
3: well i had uncle. never been in a bar i wrote i was raised in a very conservative home so um <clears> that even drinking was off limits so there i never thought i would walk into a bar but my friend was she knew he was there but didn't tell me she said uh, my husband's there, and I need to go pick him up. So I, I said, okay, but, you know, I'm not going in. No, come on, you can go in. It won't hurt you any, you know. So I went in, and uh, then they decided we would, you know, sit for a while. I ordered a Coke and and uh, of met, <laughs> met him, of, yeah, at that time, of course. But I didn't want anything to do with him. That was not... That was not my plan. I didn't want to get remarried, let alone I was raised that. To him. Yeah. 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 <laughs> 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 yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I was raised in a family that, and, and, you know, that the Bible said don't be unequally yoked. Yep. So for me to even date him was, was off limits. But, you know, sometimes God has other plans
0: what what would you what would you say to what would because I'm always intrigued I mean it's the name of our church story side Mm mm-hmm um, you know, and there's three parts to our names. God writes good stories. Doesn't matter what your past is. If he picks up the pen, it can have a good ending. Right. Number two, there's two sides to your story. Your story before Christ, your story after exactly. Christ. Look at 19 years. You're not even the same person. Oh no. And then, you know, the third part of our name is there's a lot of people, they won't always believe a sermon. They believe your story. You should tell your story. So I'm, I'm always intrigued by stories, but when, when I hear your story and Tim, you're like, okay, we'll continue to go out. You just can't preach to me. Oh. Be, explain that to me. Cause I, I hear people say that, like, just don't be on my case. Like, just don't oh, nag me. Like, right. like what, what's, what's that mean when Tim says, just don't preach to well, me?
1: Well, you know, when, we're, when I'm around a bunch of people, my friends, my biker barters, buddies and stuff, I just don't want her you know, preaching the gospel. And <laughs> yeah. more or less embarrassing me. Right. Okay. Just drink you know, your Coke I, and zip it. Yeah, like. just drink your Coke and sit there in a the corner and, and be like a deer in headlights, you know, just looking around. Well, start my bike for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I wouldn't even let her do that.
0: <laughs>
1: but it, it's um wow, you know, it's I just didn't want her to preach to me. I didn't want to hear it, you know. I I I went through a lot well, of stuff had, and,
3: and you had he had never stepped foot in a church never Never, you know so that was all of course very
0: I have a hundred questions right now (laughs) so when so tell me when did it change like when when did when did it start changing for Tim where you were inquisitive about the things of God and what did it look like what was that part of your story
1: you know we we were dating and stuff and she says you know to continue to see me, we, we probably need to go to a church. We need to find a church.
3: Right. I didn't say probably. Well, I said a, if you want to still yeah. see me. To yeah, yeah that's, that's pretty much it. That's
1: pretty much it. All right. You know, it's either this or this. So I said, well, I'll go to church if you can find a church that accepts me the way I am. I want to wear jeans. I want to wear my Harley shirt, I, you know my Harley hat, you know, if you can find a church like that, which I didn't think there was one, and so I, that was my my escape, and she says, well, let's just try a few, so we went to a few, and then we went to her mom and dad's church, and everybody accepted me, an older church, you know, and I thought, you know, okay, so we continued to do that, and, and um, just one thing led to another, I just started getting more involved and more involved, and I owe a lot to my father-in-law because we was at a church camp and they had an altar call and he looked at me and he says, are you ready to accept the Lord into your heart? And I said, I am. So he led me wow. to the altar and we prayed. And that night, her son, which is a, a pastor, uh, baptized me.
0: Wow. That's so yeah. awesome, Tim. I'm so thankful. Yeah. When you look at where you were to where you are right now. It's amazing. It is amazing. It's amazing. It is amazing. Uh, I I know a lot of us probably feel, even in our own lives, but why don't we just take a moment right now and just thank God, uh, just for everything he's done in the Nelson's life, he's done in our lives. It's amazing to me. So Lisa, your story uh, you were married to a pastor, right? Yes. Was that what you yes, were I to was married to a pastor. Explain a little bit. Well, so we're, when we talk about God being faithful in the low points of our life, what was some of the low points for Lisa? So I, you know, Tim is coming this direct. Like, what was some of the low points for Lisa along the way? Well,
3: um, as you said, I was married to a pastor, and we had uh, pastored several churches over 20 years. Um, So a long time to be in ministry, um, but I struggle with depression and anxiety really bad. Um, And as a pastor, as a pastor's wife, and then I also became an ordained pastor, um, I felt like I was taught there's joy in the Lord. But I didn't feel joy. So I felt guilty because I didn't feel joy. At the time, there were not um, many Christian counselors, and I really wanted to go to a Christian counselor. Thankfully, at the time, um, I did find a couple, uh, but unfortunately was never diagnosed with what I actually had. Uh, It took about eight years. Um, and during that time, it was uh, terrible, it was, it was bad um, and sad. Hospital. I ended up uh, in the hospital. I spent 30 days uh, on the psychiatric ward. I, they could not figure out what was wrong with me. The depression wouldn't go away. So the decision was made to do shock treatments. Um, which is very hard for me to even say. And uh, so I spent 30 days. My insurance wouldn't pay for more than 30 days. So they sent me out. Uh, without, uh, I still was very depressed. I was in the same boat that I had been when I, when I was admitted. Um, my marriage was breaking up. Uh, we th- left the church, left the ministry. Uh, ended up home back to Ohio. We lived in Michigan at the time. We'd been there for 10 years. And I moved in with my parents. He moved in with his parents. The kids split up between us. Um, my oldest son stayed in Michigan because he wanted to finish school. It was, it was terrible. I felt like I lost everything. And um, thankfully, though, I... Uh, Not wanting to, but my mom was my big support during that time. And um, she found a Christian, she found a counseling center, I'm sorry, that was not a Christian counseling center. And I had an appointment with a psychiatrist there. I went in and so thankful (coughs) that she ended up being a Christian. And she diagnosed me correctly as bipolar. And so I ended up being I was on all the wrong medication, which was making it even worse. Um, So thankfully, she knew. And I believe that was a definite God thing. Uh, I have Christian parents and they were praying like crazy and having all kinds of people pray for me. Um, But I just truly believe that if it hadn't have been for someone Christian counselor. that was a Christian counselor, yes.
0: So that was, that was part of your story earlier yes. Uh, that I had never heard as well. And I loved that part of the story because, and I've thought about it several times just, just in our morning, of how many times people compartmentalize what they do into Sunday morning, like God is Sunday morning, and then everything else I do is these other six days, (laughs) and not realizing that when I hear your story, you feel like God used someone who's working in a non-Christian center, but they were a Christian. And how often I think some of us, if we're not careful We can start thinking like, I'm a Christian on Sunday, but then it's like press pause until seven days from now and we're back again. And God is saying, actually, no, I need you in the locker room. I I need you in the factory. I I need you to be a Christian there too, because you don't know that someone's not going to walk in. You know, it may not be a counseling center, but you don't know that someone is not gonna walk in needing the love of God, needing the help of God. And if, if the enemy, you know, I know I keep saying that, but the enemy will try to get you to think that this is the only God moments of your life. Yeah. And, but, but I get a paycheck as a nurse, or I get a paycheck as a doctor, or I get a paycheck at Next Gen, or Walmart, or like th- this is God and that's work. Yes. But God wants you and I to believe that someone could come in who's been struggling for eight years, they could walk in and God's like, you know what, I have been waiting to connect you this whole time, and this relationship's gonna change your life, and maybe today all of us just need to be reminded that we're not just getting paychecks out there, we're on assignment. If you're a teacher in that classroom, I'm teaching fifth grade, you know, history, you be the best fifth grade teacher you can be. Like if you're on the line and that, you know, you be the best line worker you can be, Amen. right? Because there are people who need Jesus 24-7. Yes, Isaac, <laughs> on the line. The, uh, so it's just, it's so, that's, that stood out to me with your story today of how important that is. The other thing that stood, stood out to me when you shared earlier, and, I'll, and I want to go to you, Buffy, is the stigma of counseling. Yes. Like I, I notice it, I notice it pastoring that the moment I say, so we have a counselor on site, full-time Regina, who's, who's awesome. And then we have several other counseling centers. We've used Dr. Burgraff over the years and others. We've, we've used Brittany and Cindy and just some wonderful people. Brian and Brianna Wade is here today. You know they have a center their their goal is to have a recovery house in every county in ohio 88 of them Uh, and what god is doing at their homes and houses is amazing we've toured you know numerous uh, it's awesome to see what god's doing but from my chair from my chair i can tell in people's eyes sometimes when i reference or say have you ever thought of counseling that sometimes people almost just have a wall that's yeah. like, I'm not doing that, I'm <laughs> yeah. not going there. Absolutely. Um, what would you say, Buffy, even running a definitely Christian-based, but yes. what would you say to, to ju- just to the, the element of using, using God's Word, God's Spirit, God's presence and and mixing i heard bishop jake say one time mm-hmm. that the reason that god was able to use moses mm-hmm. like he used over a yes. million people is because he had hebrew heritage yes and egyptian education yes and that if you can ever like marry education yes. with the spirit of god and the Absolutely. presence of god god Absolutely. can do the miraculous <laughs> What, what would you say even how God uses you in this world of, of dealing with people's problems?
4: Um, one thing that every time someone has me to speak about being a counselor, is so humbling because I needed to, mm-hmm. I, uh, pastor Micah and pastor Chad came to my job just to check on me and I just weeped. And God was like, I didn't even know I was that tired until he sent somebody to say, you're exhausted. So I think um, as a counselor, um, one thing I hear from people is that in your area, I feel like I'm not being judged. Um, and that's because the Holy Spirit is looking at me and saying, you know, I know you, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know, I know you while right? you're giving advice where you probably Paul said, you know, <laughs> I have not I'm talking to myself like I have not yet arrived. Right. Yep. Um, and I think that that is one thing that makes counseling easier is understanding that the people that are serving you, it's always a me too moment. The reason I'm connecting with you is because I understand so because good. I am human too. Yeah. Yep. You know, I, that, that I have That's times so good. When, yes. <laughs> You know, I have times where the Lord has to pray me out the bed, and he has to teach me to be anxious for nothing. Um, and I think that is an approach um, that we have. I see your two counselors right here shaking their head that own the house like, yes. Um, how many times that we are. But, but it, I always say that the Bible is God's social system. If you look at the Ten Commandments, it really is about getting it along. And everyone that comes to me really wants connection. Um, and we all need that. And I think that's common ground. I think that we need to look at counseling centers as common ground and if you go somewhere you don't feel that way you need to go somewhere else Um, if you feel that they're heavy and i always say the gospel is burdens Mm -hmm. off not burdens on right Um, so if you leave and you don't have burdens off over and over again um then you're at the wrong space
0: that's so good
4: yes amen so it is a process you know we do a lot of things in forgiveness and forgiveness is um i have a Guy, listen um, Tim Keller he says forgiveness is a form of suffering and when I found that out I was like oh my goodness because 90% of the people are there they're having to struggles with forgiveness whether it's forgiving themselves or forgiving other people um you know shame is I I think I am bad right and not that I did something bad and I went against my value systems but myself I am bad and God that takes God I am no magic peel. You know, yeah. I people, oh, pixie ducks. There is none, right? There is this, this thing where there is this surrendering, and that is really what I believe counseling should always be, is that I'm walking you through as you learn to surrender.
0: Yep. So that's really good. So a lot of times people can hear Buffy, the this degree, that degree, right. that like you're, you are a smart, you got a whole list of stuff. It is
4: all done, believe
0: me. <laughs>
4: <laughs> you know, Paul so, talks about that. He goes through this whole thing and he was like, I found out it was nothing because I do. I'm one year out of a PhD and it doesn't really matter because I've got all this literature, but Jesus comes in and fixes it and I'm like... You know? (laughs) You know, and and it's funny because he is the activating cause. He is. He is the measure that changes it. And and you do. You learn all these theologies, and you go in, and you talk to, you know, a three-year-old. I worked for CPS who was being sexually abused by her grandfather. And that took the power of God. There's Mm. nothing. I cannot heal a soul. The Lord can. And that should be the difference. And, And so... I'm humble so good. <laughs> as a counselor that he would even choose that I could do that, but he knew um, that I would always point to him because I'm not that smart. Yep. <laughs> I'm not. I'm really not. It, it's all glory to him because he is the healer of the heart.
0: I heard a guy preach years ago, and I think about it all the time, but, but probably 20 years ago, 18 years ago, I heard a guy preach that when Saul was changed to Paul, this, yes. this major God moment. He, he says at the onset of his ministry, I'm the chief of the apostles. Yes. But after a while, he I'm said, I'm the least I'm the of least the apostles. Of, yeah. When he's dying and he's dealing with Timothy and John Mark and yes. things, he said, I'm the chief of sinners. Yes. Like the longer he lives, he goes from chief yes. of the apostles, yes. least of the apostles, right. chief of sinners. It's almost like the longer we live, the more we realize without Jesus, I'm nothing. Nothing. Without Jesus, I'm nothing.
4: And it's very humbling because you're sitting in classes and they have you thinking, and you should go to counseling and you should be in spaces that you can share your story and it's validated and and you sit there and say, this is important. And yes, that should not have happened to you. But without the power of God to walk you through the rest of the days, that you're only with me an hour in a week or 45 minutes, if you don't have him the rest of the days, That's
0: really good. That's really good. So Gaddis, I know you had a long time to prepare for this. Uh, I walked over during worship. I was like, hey, do you want to come on the stage with me today? And they're like, if you want me to. That's what they told me, like, if you want me to. So I know you have no idea why you're up here. um, But talk to me, Amy, uh, about some of the low points of the Gaddis family. What are some of the low points when you were like, God was with me or I wouldn't be here today. Uh,
5: So we came together. I came with a child from a previous relationship and the baggage of all that. He came with PTSD and depression and my depression came out as time went on and we both struggled with anxiety. Um, I think the lowest point for us was the drinking that triggered the suicidal thoughts of, hey, you're better off without me. Mm-hmm. And I'm not. I'll never forget him telling me, just let me die. The boys are better, you're better off without me. If God didn't step in, I probably wouldn't have them.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. So Anthony, And I was so glad even just when Storyside stood and honored you and all of the people who serve. I remember you and I meeting one time, I don't know if you remember, we've met several times, but years back you met with me one time and you were telling me some of the memories, some of the moments, different things that almost like remind you of what you went through. For you as the husband, for you as the husband, if I remember correctly, like you didn't even want to come here initially, right? Like you didn't, you, you were like, no, I'm not, I don't want to do the church I thing. I don't want all that stuff. <laughs> St- step me through, like, what was that season like of Anthony when it's like, I don't know if, if I want to live? I, I definitely don't want the church, all of those things. What was that part of your life like?
6: Well, like right when we met, I was drinking, like, I couldn't survive without a drink. Like, I would get off work. I lived right across the street from a bar, I would close it every night, sleep like three hours, have a drink, go to work. I couldn't function. Just to even attempt to function because of the survivor's guilt that I had.
0: Because of what?
6: Survivor's guilt. Yep. Because since my best friend was killed in Iraq that that I ended up having to take home to his family and I'm like best friends with his, like my son's named after him that his godmother, like I had to take her husband to him, to, the, to their sons and all that. I was just like the like, worst thing of it all. And then having to go back to Iraq right after that.
0: How, how has God helped Anthony? So from, from that season of your life where you weren't even sure you wanted to come here to the Anthony that's sitting here on the stage this morning, like how has God helped Anthony get us?
6: Uh, gave me a wife that's Stronger than I am, apparently, because she deals with me and has to deal with my children. So, to like hold me to a line the that God. I have to have. Mm-hmm.
0: The how, a- Amy, how far has the Gattis family come? What's God done for the Gattis family?
5: He sits in the front row every week. There's a lot of times I'm like, ah, I'll watch it online, I'll run and watch it. And he's like, No, we're going to go sit in the front row. You get more from it. We're better yes. together. So there he is.
0: Thank you, Anthony. I might have you stage host and start welcoming all those people. Glad you're here, but you would get more on the front row. Uh, it's
5: either him or Basilio, so one of them are dragging. Yeah.
0: I love you guys very much. I love you very much. I know. I know we're in our final few few minutes, but Dave and Patsy, um, get ready to cut the live stream, guys. If if you (laughs) (laughs) can't, stop the recording. Uh, No phones. No cell phones. No. I'm just kidding. So, Patsy, what are some of the moments when we talk about the low points of life? Uh, You're such a godly couple. Like. When I tell I'm serious, I've told so many people over the years that if Angel and I need prayer, we're calling Patsy Hershner. Um what, what are some of the low points of your lives, Dave, where God has just been so, how long have you been married now? 61 years. 61 wow. years, that's amazing, amazing. So amazing. What are some of the the points where you look at and you're like, God, you are so faithful?
7: For sure, when our son was gone, we had a prodigal that uh, was gone out of college for 20 years. And um, in 2000, we found out he was really in a very low place and um, It was very devastating, involved in a lot of ungodly things, which I never thought. He was a wonderful child, knew the Lord when he was a kid, but just was in the wrong place. And the Lord put it on my heart to start fasting for him. And uh, we had some really low times, and actually there were times when I didn't really even know how bad it was. And... um, Um, I just kept praying and believing, and I knew that it was God's will for him to come back because I wasn't praying amiss. God's word says that if you're not praying amiss, it will happen, but you have to be steadfast, immovable, confessing and believing his word that it's true. So during the fast, there were times I would get discouraged really bad. Um, both of us i mean it's not like it was me we were both together and um the lord would send someone to minister to me i mean we would be somewhere at a service or something and it was at our lowest point and they would just say you know ask about our family or our children and i would say yeah we have three children they said but the lord wants me to tell you that you have a son that's not at home and um he's coming home wow He's, he's coming home, and so I would hold on to that, and then it would go a few more years, and well, anyhow, in uh, 2000, um, I guess it was from 2000 when I really found out that it was so bad, and uh, then he, uh, we heard from some friends, and so Dave and uh, his brother, Mike, went to get him, And brought him home and he was totally set free by the blood of Jesus and the word of our testimony and um, for seven, seven years that I started fasting and actually it's it was yeah instantly when he came home the first year he was delivered from drugs and alcohol and um, thank you jesus yeah
0: let me let me ask you this and and dave maybe even you can can answer this everyone just stretch your hand towards dave let's <laughs> let's uh dave I'm, I'm totally kidding i love dave, dave and patsy dave and patsy are one of our original families and i know i've shared this once or twice but about a year a year and three months in we met at Mansfield so we started in the basement of park place hotel we were there for for a year went to mansfield christian And a couple of months into Mansfield Christian, we had multiple conversations about shutting our church down. And we weren't going to continue going. We met on a Tuesday night for almost four hours in the chapel of Mansfield Christian. And Dave and Patsy were one of the key families, Junior and Regina, Julia, a few people, because Angel and I was ready to go. I was like, I'm going back to Canada, Lisa. Anyway, uh, (laughs) that's all true. Dave and Patsy, was one of the families that was like, let's not quit. Let's not, like, it's not over yet. Let's stick with it. And I am forever thankful, Dave, for you and Patsy and believing in, in our church. So I love you. I, Angel and I are going to have the opportunity uh, to dedicate one of your great-grandchildren here in just a couple of minutes. I, I saw their name on the list. When you look at the faithfulness of God in your family, we, we sing about the blessing, your children and their children's children. And how, like when you think of the faithfulness of God in the Hershner family, what are some of the things that come to mind for you, Dave?
8: Well, the biggest thing that comes to my mind is, uh, oh, I don't know what's been three, three years ago, uh, I got esophagus cancer and i couldn't eat couldn't swallow anything didn't tell her and she'd seen me eating one day and i wadded it up in a napkin and threw it away made her think i was eating it you know but anyhow what blessed me was when you and all the pastors came and stood out in my front yard and prayed for me Mm -hmm. yeah it was my birthday too and uh you know, I understand uh, in the medical society that the doctor that I had was a God-sent doctor. And she was up front with everything and said, there's very few people that, that survive this. But I believe, I, I, you know, I believe God that uh, if you stand on his word and believe him, if yes. he'll be, where two or three gather and, and agree, it shall be done. Yes. And when these guys come up and stood in the front, in the front yard and, and prayed for me. I knew it was going to happen. I just knew it. Something come over me. I just knew it was going to happen. And today I went from 210 pounds down to 123. And I'm back up to 176. Amen. It's all God. Amen. Amen. I, I do want to uh, say something uh, uh, on, on, on our pastor's side. Uh, everybody asked me, you know, how I stayed married for so long. And when I got married, I met her and I got married. And my dad told me, he said, Now, when you get married, he said, Give her all your love, give her grace, give her anything she wants. And when she makes you mad, give her a left. <laughs> <laughs> I had to say that.
0: Dave, you are doing so good. You're doing so good. Um, <laughs> they muted it. They muted it. <laughs> Sorry, Patsy he ruined it <laughs>
7: they the doctors honestly they they never expected him to make it and they all admitted that he was a miracle and this is what we say that it was all about god you know we go through things and we don't understand it but when we stand and having done all to stand stand and see the salvation of the lord and I know it doesn't always happen, but for some reason, he chose Dave to go through this and survive. Mm-hmm. And that's what I told Dave. I said, just even a testimony to the doctors, because they knew we were standing. Yeah. They knew we were doing everything in the natural vitamins and protein shakes and prayer. Mm-hmm. And I, all, we always testified to that when they went in. And so it's, it's just such a, a blessing to be able to give God glory when they knew. There was
8: no hope. Yep.
0: I love you guys.
8: Love you too. Very much. It's hard, but I
0: do. All right. This is it. We are stopping before this gets out of control. I can tell he's warming up. (laughs) He he is warming up. Uh, That's how I
7: let self pressure. (laughs) uh, Yeah, I know.
0: No, I love it. The. The uh, I'm gonna pray, and I know Nate and Stacy, um, their story we shared at nine o'clock. If if you want to go back and watch our nine o'clock service, just with all the dedications and babies and family coming in, I want to honor that time as well. But I want to pray for everyone on site and everyone online that maybe you would say, maybe you would say, Pastor Micah, I'm in a low place. and maybe it's not, I'm getting in the truck with a gun, but you have your own low places. Um, you know, may, maybe it's not, you know, the cancer or, or a son that is wayward. But there's something right now that you know in your heart, like, man, the enemy is, is really trying to just back me in a corner. I want to pray for you today that God will just remind you I'm with you. I am with you. Um, I am for you. The Bible says he always provides a way of escape. I just read that scripture last night too. He always provides a way of escape because you're going to hear voices in your head telling you there's no way out. This will never work. It's impossible. He'll always provide a way of escape. And maybe this service was meant for you. Maybe you come in today, you weren't even expecting God to touch your heart like he has. Maybe this is God telling you there's a way out. There's a way out. I'm your way out. Jesus, I'm your way out. Whether you're in sin, I'm your way out. If you're in shame, you know, Nate and Stacy shared earlier in their story about they weren't married, they were dating, got pregnant, you know, people saying, we can't believe you guys would do that. Then they lost the baby. Then they had people tell them, well, you only lost the baby because it was a bad decision to start with. And then just going through that bitterness and hurt of all that stuff. But even if it was shame, if today your story is shame, God can get you out of shame. If you're in a situation right now where you're like this, there's just no way. Yes, there is a way. Jesus himself said, I am the way. I am the way, the truth and the life. I feel his Holy Spirit even just saying it today. There's a way out. Whatever you're in today, there's a way out. You, you, might, you might be saying, I'm battling depression. I'm battling discouragement. There's a way out. There's a way out. So I want to pray for you today. I'm going to have my wife pray if she will. If you would just close your eyes all over the room. Thank you, Jesus. Father,
2: we just thank you for every story that was represented here on stage. And I know there are stories out there in the audience, God, that haven't been heard. Can I just pray, Lord, for those stories, God, that wherever they're at, whatever part of their story they're in, Lord, that you will just show up for them.
0: Yes, Jesus.
2: I pray, Lord, that you would give them hope. I pray, Lord, that their faith will arise and know that there is another side after this storm. hmm I thank you Jesus that yes, Jesus. You write good stories.
1: Yes, Jesus.
2: And our life is so much better when you're in it. Pick I pray for every pent- person in this room, God. Pent- that as we go our ways, Lord, that we remember. We remember that our life is nothing without you, Lord, and we need you in it. Yeah. we need the mighty name of Jesus to cover us we thank you we thank you for what you are going to do and the many stories that are still being written that the thinner shares. you we ask these things in your mighty name we pray amen
0: amen Amen. Would you do me a favor? Would you stand all over the room? Would you let all of our panel know how much you appreciate them sharing their story today? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much.